Consumer bank strategy, that's a given. But making it effective, making it stick, making it work, making it make sense. These questions demand the kind of sharp insight and digital physical mix we'll hear about from today's guest, Ben Hopper, Vice President, Head of Strategy, Consumer Bank at First Tennessee Bank. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, your home for actionable insights that'll help you power smart decisions in the financial services industry. As you're starting to plan for 2020, we wanted to lend a hand by taking a look back at the top episodes and topics from this past year. Come on in. It is wonderful to have you here with us. And some seasons ago, we had Chris Thurman of First Tennessee Bank on the show. What do you do for an encore? Well, here's Ben Hopper. Ben is Vice President, Head of Strategy, Consumer Bank for First Tennessee Bank. Ben is dedicated to collaborating across business lines to help First Tennessee's consumer franchise achieve growth and profitability. He does this by merging time-tested traditions with new customer preferences. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Now, financial services organizations, they're all undergoing some level of digital transformation. And with that, they must determine how the branch network fits within that strategy. How do you see the role of the branch evolving? There's a perception out there that the role of the branch is changing just dramatically, right? And that change is happening overnight. And I don't see that happening. I mean, we know the branches kind of give the bank brands this level of perceived convenience. And that concept, perceived convenience, is, you know, how customers see the brand and basically how easy it is for them to connect with the brand. And the branches have a big part in that equation. When a customer, you know, drives to work, in my case, how many times do they pass by a First Tennessee brand? That registers with them and in their mind is, man, I could just pull off right here and talk to somebody in the bank or get, you know, some level of service from them. So that can't be ignored that the branches provide that level of perceived convenience in the customer's eyes. Banks have built their brand off a network, historically speaking, much longer than, say, a super strong digital footprint, right? So we've built our customer portfolios on the back of those networks and transforming or shifting away from that in terms of importance or in terms of how we deliver going forward is going to be a much longer cycle than you read some of the prognosticators. And it's just going to be a much longer cycle than what I think folks thought back in the day. The dire predictions about branches have been around for years. By this time, we haven't seen it quite unfold that way. Within all of that, there is this big shift in customer bank experience. Where do you see that going? Banks weren't built on the back of a just an overwhelmingly strong digital footprint, right? And so that kind of goes back to the point of the network is still very important, the actual physical network. The real part of it, though, is, and I think we see more and more studies coming out and, you know, the preferences coming out that, People still want to talk to professionals and people still need that advice, especially in the world of financial services. Heck, even millennials, right, are still walking through the doors of the bank branches, at least for our network. And there's a couple factors there. And I said a buzzword there, millennial, which <laughs> might, you know, raise some eyebrows or spark some other conversation lines, but they're coming into their own 
from a life stage standpoint and needing bank services more and more. And when they come to that point, they're still walking through the door. I think that is, you know, that's not only a millennial trend, but one that's kind of across the board. Now, here's a buzzword that I've heard many, many times before, and that's innovation. At BAI, we're really concerned with trying to give that buzzword meaning, and yet innovation seems to be bandied about so much. What can banks do to better prioritize it? What does the roadmap look like? You asked about the innovation roadmap, and I think there's a challenge that organizations have, not just banks, just to you know do innovation for the sake of innovation. <laughs> and I think that's a, kind of a cardinal sin there. You've got to start with the end in mind. And going back to that second habit, we've got to understand what we're solving for first and then make a hypothesis. I think I can solve for X by doing this thing and doing it really well. And instead of just kind of setting out without a guiding principle or a North Star, as I've heard it said, you know, when you're thinking of innovation roadmaps, that's where you have to start. Who's doing it well? It's hard to speak of, especially from a financial service sector, who's doing well because those innovation roadmaps are fairly hidden. But if you read all the investor day presentations and what the bank executives are talking about now at the top of the house, it is creating digital experiences for customers that have a connection point back to the physical branch. And that brings up the really pertinent issue of the industry bridging that gap between the physical branch and digital banking. Some people even have the term digital that they use to describe this. <laughs> really? What's going on that you think is important here? There was a gap that was created and back in the late 2000s and you know, for, for our audience, I don't think we have to recount those couple of years there. But as an industry, we had to take our focus off of creating really powerful experiences for our customers. I mean, there were stability issues. There was funding the bank for some institutions. So there were other issues that we had to solve. Well, at the same time, there were a tremendous amount of new devices, the iPhone and Quite frankly, the internet, while it had been around for a while, kind of took hold in every home and this fintech industry spun up and started creating experiences that I think historically banks had taken pride in creating for our customers. I mean, if you think of the ATM, for example, you know, there was a banking industry insight into that to create that convenience. So I think the reason for the gap was that, you know, we had to take our focus away and kind of put innovation at the bottom of the priority list. So now, and I mentioned all the investor decks and all the talk at the conferences and even among peer groups, there's significant resources starting to be poured into those digital experiences. And that's where I think we're headed. What do you find the most exciting about all of this? What really gets you going? Yeah, I do a lot of studying on just retail in general, because I think there's a lot that we can learn as a very highly regulated industry. You know, what other retailers, what other successful retailers are doing because of it? You know, one of them is a very obvious one and is Apple. If you think of retail, you have to go to Apple because, look, they're the most successful retailer in the world by at least the metric of sales per square footage. 
Best Buy is another great example. I mean, you think about Best Buy and Circuit City at the time were kind of on the same path. And Best Buy figured out how to at least provide a consistent experience in the store and, you know, give the customers what they wanted. And that's a place to go to play with all these neat new devices that were coming out. They offered that instant gratification. You could load it up and take it home. So there's a bunch of really good kind of lessons to be learned for some retailers and then applying it to a bank branch or a digital experience is somewhat easy when you really start to look at it. Now, prior to the podcast, we had discussed this notion of the two audiences that are involved when banks take digital experience and the way they interact with customers to new heights. Share that with our listening audience, if you will. There are two audiences, especially when you're creating a new to bank functionality. There's the obvious audience of customer. And that's where I think most banks really start and to create a better customer experience, right? That's probably a buzzword around many kind of boardroom tables. There's the other experience, though, that I've even been guilty of ignoring at some points in time, and that's the banker experience. Kind of the story I would say to illustrate this is thinking of a Uber, right? Now, I'm more of a jump in and just kind of figure it out kind of guy when I'm trying to learn, you know, new digital functionality or about new apps. So I took my first Uber ride and I had this moment of panic when I was about to finish that ride of, oh shoot, I don't have any cash. <laughs> so how am I going to pay this guy for providing, you know, this ride across town? Immediately I thought, okay, wait, now I've loaded my credit card in here. I've loaded that. So I I'm going to assume that he doesn't need cash here. I ended up asking the driver. He had to chuckle. So I've learned from it just by trying digital experiences. My mom, on the other hand, she would have never done that. She would have never gotten in somebody else's car with an expectation for a service without having some cash ready to pay the guy. Well, she learned about Uber by watching me call it up, get out of the car at the end of the ride, and kind of just walk away. So at dinner that night, there were a whole lot of questions. And now she is an Uber user just because of watching me. So we've got to be able to put our bankers in that same position because usually those digital experiences, man, they're good. They're slick. They're well thought out. But still, the customers have to see it accomplished one time, whatever they're trying to solve. And our bankers can provide that one time. But they're not going to do it unless you give them the ability to show that off or give them kind of a banker facing platform that whether it's a demo or a simulator, you know, that's your other audience. And those are the folks that are be able to really kind of get those usage trends increasing and increasing rapidly. Indeed, there's lots of exciting possibilities, lots of fantastic potential, some terrific insights into all of that. Ben, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Ben Hopper is the Vice President, Head of Strategy Consumer Bank for First Tennessee Bank in Nashville. You can look for Ben on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, while the perception is that branches are changing overnight in huge ways, well... That's an exaggeration. 
A branch is linked to a brand, and people passing a branch on the way to work immediately perceive convenience in talking to real humans who can offer real live guidance in real time. Wholesale branch transformation will be a long-term, long-haul process. Number two, innovation roadmaps pose a challenge. You don't do innovation for the sake of just doing it. You need to begin with the end in mind and ask, what's the problem we need to solve? Then work from there. Meanwhile, keep in mind there's no better time to work on new links between channels and to look to retail giants such as Best Buy and Apple who unite physical retail and digital experience like no others. And number three, there are two audiences when you create new digital functionality. One's obvious, the consumer, and creating a great customer experience is crucial. But sometimes we overlook that second audience who are the employees who will work with the technology. Putting bankers in the position where they can demonstrate new bells and whistles, even just one time, can ease the comfort level of consumers who are learning to use the technology for the very first time. Welcome to Decision Time, where our podcast guest walks us through a major decision they had to make, how they made it, and how it has impacted their career. If there was a movie about remaking the physical bank, you could call it Branch to the Future. It's a process fraught with drama that embraces everything from role transformation to reconfiguring the lobby. And with his first major initiative, Ben Hopper's biggest decisions boiled down to one computer keystroke. Listen. Well, I'll tell you about the first kind of major stake in the ground, first big decision. I was brand new in my role. I was a sales manager. I ran a branch for many years with First Tennessee, and somebody trusted me to look more towards Bank of the Future, right, and kind of put that roadmap together for us, a five-year plan. And the first decision of that for us was cash recyclers. For us, that involved a tremendous amount of time and effort, not to mention cost, just across our network of about 200 folks. It wasn't even the time and effort that that decision involved. But what I realized at the time was that was the foundational kind of moment <laughs> of the branch of the future roadmap. And I'm using my quote fingers there. You know, it just represented the change that we were going to make to our in-lobby choreography, our sales process, our role transformation process, you know, kind of pushing the approve email and putting my name beside it definitely was the first time that I can remember taking a deep breath and hitting send. Thanks again for stopping by the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Check out our episode archive at BAI.org and on all the major podcast apps. We'll talk to you soon.